I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show. I'm Dr. Carl O'Helvey, your host. My guest today, Dr. Marianne Teitelbaum, graduated summa cum laude from Palmer College of Chiropractic in 1984. She has studied with several Ayurvedic doctors, including Stuart Rothenberg, M.D., and Veda Rama Kant Mishra, the recipient of the Prana Ayurveda Award in 2013. She lectures and writes extensively about Ayurvedic therapies for all diseases. She has a thriving private practice and lives outside of Philadelphia. Her latest book, Healing the Thyroid with Ayurveda, Natural Treatments for Hashimoto's, Hypothyroidism, and Hyperthyroidism, was just published. I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show, Dr. Teitelbaum, and I look forward to hearing about alternative health ways to treat thyroid disease. Now first, can you tell us what is a Vekia? It's pronounced Ayurveda. It's a Sanskrit name that means science or knowledge of life. And it's a 5,000-year-old tradition of holistic medicine that comes from India. So it's got over 500 herbs to choose from to treat almost any condition you can think of. The patients are instructed in proper diet, daily routine, cleansing techniques. And the doctors are trained in very advanced pulse diagnosis. So, for example, we could pick up thyroid problems many years before it would show up in blood work. So many people who are experiencing thyroid symptoms such as weight gain, hair loss, depression, constipation, fatigue, uh, miscarriages, infertility, and so on, and their blood work comes back normal, uh, we can pick up problems even when the doctors can't. Mm-hmm. And why is there an epidemic of thyroid problems in the world today? Well, the thyroid gland is unique in that it's the only gland whose hormones affect every cell in your body. But then in reverse, any problem, any stressor, whether it's physical, mental, environmental, emotional, will weaken the thyroid gland. And this is because the thyroid is like a very delicate little flower. It'll wilt if there's any stress in the body. But then if you can identify those particular stressors, and the trick is that it's different in each person, Mm -hmm. and you fix those stressors, the thyroid gland can perk right back up. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to be so quick to just give thyroid hormones right off the bat because you want to try to fix the reason why the thyroid's weak, support it with herbs, and then it will come back up very quickly. And how does modern medicine treat thyroid problems? Well, there's two basic types of thyroid patients you'll see. In the first group are those that I just mentioned. They have all those thyroid symptoms. Their blood work comes back normal, so they actually leave the doctor's office untreated. That uh, The second group do have similar symptoms, like I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and their blood work does come back abnormal, so the doctors immediately put them on thyroid hormones. Sometimes the hormone could be synthetic, like Synthroid, and sometimes they'll use the more natural ones like Armour Thyroid or Nature Thyroid. But in either case, uh, it 
the patient still can have problems, the same symptoms, because all they're really doing is just giving the hormone. And the hormone tends to throw the thyroid into hibernation because it's no longer called upon to make its hormones. But what we really recommend is try to fix the reason why the thyroid's weak. There are many reasons, and that's what my book talks about. Mm-hmm. All the reasons the thyroid could be weak. And you, if you address those, the th- again, the thyroid gland can come right back up. Our bodies are fully capable of healing themselves. You just have to know how to nudge it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how does holistic medicine treat thyroid problems? Well, one thing you have to remember is that America is a fairly new country with no established tradition of holistic medicine. That's because we haven't had a chance yet to discover all of our herbs. We don't have what they have in India, a 5,000-year-old tradition where these ancient doctors left us with textbooks that described everything in great detail, how to eat properly, the detox methods, and how to use all these hundreds of herbs to treat, again, all these different conditions. So in America, since we don't know our herbs, what's happening right now a lot of the more alternative practitioners are using synthetic supplements, mm-hmm. vitamins like B-complex, L-tyrosine, L-glutathione, and so on and so on. Um, but these are very similar to pharmaceuticals in that they're isolated synthetic ingredients. In other words, you could take any herb and isolate the active ingredient, synthetically make it in the lab at a very high dose, And that's how pharmaceuticals are made. So the alternative whole society in America is saying, no, those are filled with side effects and they're toxic to the liver and kidneys. What we're going to do, we're going to isolate nutrients from food, B-complex, vitamin C, vitamin A. We're going to isolate them and synthetically make them in a lab at a much higher dose that occurs in nature. And see, they're making the same mistake. But again... The reason we're doing that is because we don't know what else to do since we don't know our hundreds and hundreds of herbs. They're just lying fallow in the field. So these two are registered in the body. Once you swallow them, they all go through the liver. The liver has to process these toxins like any other toxin, and the kidneys also have to flush them out. So they might have some influence, but what we're saying is if if something, um, if, if natural means something was grown in nature, Mm -hmm. then that thing would have to be food, spices, and herbs. And that's how all of the Ayurvedic tradition is uh, founded upon. Mm -hmm. So that's the mistake that we're making here in our alternative medicine. But, you know, these doctors are trying their hardest. They're just using the tools that they've learned. Mm -hmm. But the reason I wrote my book was to show people that there are actually truly natural remedies out there and that you can heal the thyroid much easier when you're using natural remedies and not these synthetically made nutraceuticals. And what is Hashimoto's disease? Well, Hashimoto's is slightly different than typical hypothyroid or hyperthyroid in that the emphasis needs to be shifted away looking at it that it's a thyroid gland problem. It's actually not. But what it is, it's a problem where the immune system is attacking the thyroid. So in my book, I have a whole chapter on Hashimoto's. And what I say in there is that there are three parts to the immune system. One part is considered the friendly bacteria in the gut. 
Nowadays, they're calling it the gut microbiome. These friendly bacteria are depleted through so many pharmaceuticals, such as antibiotics, immunizations, birth control pills, proton pump inhibitors. Mm -hmm. So in this modern era, they're depleted in so many people, and it serves to start throwing the immune system out of balance because that's one part of the immune system. The second part of the immune system is the liver. The other thing that's happening in this modern era with so many nutraceuticals, pharmaceuticals, and other chemicals in our food that we're exposing our bodies to, these chemicals are acidic in nature. So just like rain, which is alkaline water, Mm -hmm. when rain goes through air pollution, it becomes acid rain. What happens to our liver by processing all these chemicals over a lifetime, it starts to hold on to too many acid toxins, and it actually starts to overheat, which is something that's very easy to feel on the pulse. And this overheating of the liver also serves to push the immune system into autoimmune. The third part of the immune system is the bone marrow, and the same problem lies there. The bone marrow is where the actual immune system cells are born, the white blood cells, the red blood cells, the platelets. So if toxins were to reach the bone marrow, they could trigger autoimmune responses because it's disrupting that major part of the immune system. Mm -hmm. And many, many pharmaceuticals do make their way into the bone marrow. And because we are trained to feel the bone marrow in the pulse, you can feel many of the pharmaceuticals in the bone marrow. For instance, if you get a flu shot, within minutes, those chemicals are in your bone marrow. We could feel it. So as a result, in this modern era, most people have all three parts of the immune system thrown off the tracks, the friendly bacteria in the gut, the liver, and the bone marrow. So then the immune system, which normally knows to attack viruses, bacteria, but not to attack you, that's an intelligently functioning immune system. Now it starts to lose that intelligence and wants to attack you. So in the case of Hashimoto's, the immune system is attacking the thyroid. And in fact, autoimmune diseases have increased 500% over the last 100 years because of the use, too much use of pharmaceuticals. And that's why you're seeing this tremendous epidemic of Hashimoto's Mm -hmm. in the the world now. Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned earlier that I'm seeing a functional doctor for Hashimoto's. And what Mm -hmm. he is doing is every three months he does a complete blood chemistry and then he interprets these differently than the traditional doctor. But he says that he looks at for 10 things that trigger Hashimoto's. He looks at the thyroid. He looks, I mean, he looks at everything in the body and then he writes little summaries. And so one of the things that I have is a lot of stress. And so he prescribes for that. I had a high elevated homocysteine. And so he prescribed for that. But he's prescribing usually medications for these to bring them down. And then, of course, the TSH Now, the T4 and the T3 have always been normal, but my TSH went to 7.3. And by using something that he prescribed, which was Thyrogol, it has come down to 3.2. And then he also had me 
send in saliva tests for analysis and then prescribe based on that. Now, how would you deal with this then differently as far as treatment? Oh, he also had me on an anti-inflammatory diet uh, for, uh-huh. and also uh, had me on an intestinal restorer for, he said I had irritable bowel syndrome. Uh-huh. Which he said is usually common with that. Yes, very common in Hashimoto's because, again, what's causing that irritable bowel is the friendly bacteria have been disturbed. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's one part of the immune system there, see? Mm-hmm. So he's working on fixing that. Mm-hmm. So the way I would treat it, and this is the way I do, I have uh-huh. also so many patients with Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I'll tell you off the bat, though, is that modern medicine, those doctors, I don't mean to put them down. They're Mm -hmm. doing what they learned in medical school, and these doctors really want to help their patients get well. Mm -hmm. But what they've learned to do is just give the hormones. So the blood work will reflect that the hormones are fine, see? Mm -hmm. But what you'll notice is the antibodies. This is what you can really diagnose where the immune system is malfunctioning. So even though maybe the hormones look good, but the antibodies that are showing this immune system response are still there, So the medical profession, mainstream medicine, doesn't know what to do about that. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty much telling their patients, don't bother getting that test done. It's not going to change. Those antibodies will always be like that. And it's because they don't know how to uh, fix the immune system. So what I could say about your practitioner, he's light years ahead of what mainstream medicine's doing. Mm -hmm. And he's doing exactly what they're doing in alternative medicine in the United States today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's way beyond just the use of thyroid hormones. Mm-hmm. What I intend to do in my book, again, is to take these doctors and show them, keep doing what you're doing. It looks like it's it's working to some level, but here's a couple levels you're missing. Mm-hmm. One of the levels they're missing is this. When you take those nutraceuticals, again, um, Mm -hmm. these are, again, synthetically made, and they're toxic to the liver. So if they're toxic to the liver, they're going to create the liver. Mm -hmm. So even though they might help some things, um, they're going to make it more difficult to reverse that autoimmune tendency. Mm -hmm. Not only that, even some herbs are heating in nature. So, for example, the first thing you learn when you learn herbs in Ayurveda is whether they're cooling or heating. You have to know that. And this is knowledge that's not readily available to us here in the United States. So now a lot of the functional doctors, functional medicine doctors, naturopaths, they're finding out, for example, that the liver plays a role in the immune system, like I was just saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're thinking, well, let's clean the liver with milk thistle. Well, here's the problem. Milk thistle is too heating to the liver, so we can't use that. So what I do, we have herbs, and I mention them in the book. Mm-hmm. These are herbs that people won't know about here in the West. This is the first book written from an Ayurvedic person that's going to mention this. That's why the mm-hmm. book is truly unique mm-hmm. in its um, way of treating this. I will mention some herbs, one of which is Bhumi Amla, another is Mankhand. These herbs cool down the liver, and they bring the intelligence back to the liver so the immune system stops attacking. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you another couple examples of mistakes the um, the, the Western holistic doctors are making. Not only is milk thistle heating, but the main herb that we use in Ayurveda for treating the thyroid Mm -hmm. is called ashwagandha. 
Oh, yeah. The problem uh-huh. there, it's very heating to the liver. Oh. So in my book, I give other ways of getting ashwagandha into the body. One is through transdermal creams, where it comes in directly on the skin, and mm-hmm. it goes directly from the skin into the blood so that you don't have to swallow orally, which would heat the liver and start to backfire on you. Mm-hmm. The other thing is a lot of alternative practitioners are saying, take turmeric capsules or even better, curcumin, which mm-hmm. is isolating the active ingredient in the turmeric. Turmeric is one of the best friends to the liver, we say in Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. but it's heating. So there's certain ways of taking turmeric, and those ways do not involve taking turmeric capsules. The turmeric capsules, and worse, the curcumin capsules will heat the liver. So we have to discard that. But in my book, I have a good explanation of how to take turmeric effectively so it won't heat the liver. Mm-hmm. Another good example is flax oil. Mm-hmm. So in Ayurveda, mm-hmm. they also take every oil from coconut oil to ghee to sesame oil, olive oil, mm-hmm. and they rate how cooling or heating it is. And it turns out of all these oils, flax oil is the most heating. So it's never recommended in autoimmune where the liver's overheating. And yet lots of people in America are taking these and flax oil. Mm-hmm. It's not something someone should do if they have Hashimoto's. So these are the types of issues I'll be talking about in my Hashimoto's uh, chapter in the book. Now, as far as the bone marrow goes, I haven't heard any of the books that I read in preparation mm-hmm. of writing my book on the thyroid gland. I haven't heard any of them mention the bone marrow. So again, we're going into an area that hasn't been covered here in the West yet. In the book, I describe one herb Of all those hundreds of herbs we know in Ayurveda, there's one herb that can treat the bone marrow, and there's two ways to take it, the leaf of the herb and then stem of the herb. The leaf is very heating, so Mm -hmm. we can't use that, but we use the stem. The stem of the plant, the plant is called Gaduchi, and this Gaduchi is also known as Tinospora cordifolia. You don't have to memorize all these words. My book will talk about it, Mm -hmm. but the stem of the Gaduchi plant can take an autoimmune um, condition and slowly, slowly start to bring the immune system's intelligence back. It's the number one premier herb in Ayurveda for reversing autoimmunity. Mm-hmm. It's been used for thousands of years, and we know nothing about it in Ayurveda. I haven't seen it written in any book. It was my teacher from India who sat with me for 20 years and taught me how to use these 500 herbs. This was his favorite herb because it could do such a thing like that. Mm-hmm. So when treating Hashimoto's, the whole trick behind it is you can't heat the liver as you're doing it, and you have to address all three parts of the immune system, the gut, the liver, and the bone marrow. And it sounds like your functional medicine doctor is on the right track. Mm-hmm. He's treating the gut. But now he, it would be good if he could learn about bone marrow. Mm-hmm. So if these mm-hmm. doctors, I'm hoping they'll read my book, because the book was advanced enough for these alternative practitioners to understand, but also easy enough for the layperson to understand it as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hearing from people who are reading the book, that it's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could use a combination of the two? A combination of which two? Oh, you mean for the... the well, uh, what I'm hoping is do... that maybe they learn more mm-hmm. herbs. There, won't be, there will be less of a need to use these nutraceuticals. While they may work, there's something better waiting to be discovered. Mm-hmm. So that's what books are for. Mm-hmm. They're taking you up another level, and that's what I hope to do with my book. Say, you know, they're nice things, and they work, 
But here's something better. That's what I want to do. Now, you mentioned flax and cottage cheese. That is the basis for the Budwick diet, which is a cancer treatment. And Mm -hmm. I guess the only time then that might be detrimental would be if the cancer patient also had an autoimmune disease. Is that correct? No, it's too hard to say that because the same thing with cancer. There's heat inside the cell. There's always some heat. There's some inflammation in all the autoimmune diseases and all the cancer. What she did there, though, she put the flax in the cottage cheese, so the cottage Mm -hmm. cheese would cool it down. But again, she was doing something she discovered. We would have another way of treating that in Ayurveda. But if she was successful, then then that's great, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, there's, there's all different ways to do a similar thing. Actually, what she did, she was a biochemist, chemist, Dr. Budwick, and it mm-hmm. changed the composition. She did not use cottage cheese. She used quark, but we don't have quark in this country. And oh, I see. So the nearest to it would be a 1% organic cottage cheese. And yeah. so that's but why... See, there's that idea, if you want to look at it, she has a heating thing with a cooling thing. Cottage mm-hmm. cheese is considered cold in mm-hmm. Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would negate the side effect of that very hot flax. Oh, good, good, great. People will be happy to hear that because oh, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people do use that. Yeah, uh, no, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. don't take pearls of flax oil. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, especially if you have Hashimoto's. Right. Now, another question that I have has to do with temperature. I have read, and this may or may not be accurate, that if you take your temperature before you get out of bed in the morning and it's under 97, I think it is, that tells you something about the status of your Hashimoto's? Well, what it actually tells you is the status of your thyroid gland. So... You can have just hypothyroidism without it being Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Broda Barnes wrote a book back in the 1980s. It was the first book I had read when I was in college um, about the thyroid. It was called um, the, the Unsuspected Illness. And what he was saying, he was a medical doctor, and he was mm-hmm. saying, you know, we're missing most of the thyroid problems because people have these symptoms and their blood works normal. Mm-hmm. He was saying it all the way back then, and he said, we need to do something. We need another test where we could pick up the thyroid. And, and yet, to this day, they haven't figured a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Here's what's, what's so wonderful about Ayurveda. The ancient doctor said, as we go through life, we go through six stages of a disease process. I'll talk about this in my book. Mm-hmm. And they said that things start going out of balance in these stages. In the first two stages, something's out of balance, but there won't be any symptoms yet. But by the third and fourth stage, you'll have symptoms, but you can't diagnose it as a disease. But if you let it go long enough, in the fifth and sixth stage, now you can diagnose it using Western medicine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. many people are at the point where they have these thyroid symptoms. The thyroid's faltering, but yet it's not full-blown where it will show up on the blood work. Mm-hmm. But see, in the pulse, you can pick it up. That's why I said we don't miss any thyroids uh, when they're coming to us because we can see the early stages. So the your temperature will be low like that under the arms if the thyroid is whether it's hypothyroidism mm-hmm. or it could be that your immune system's attacking it and it's also faltering because of that. Mm-hmm. See? But see, I, what I wrote in my book is this. Your thyroid gland 
that the fact that it's weak, it's just a symptom. We don't want to focus on it as being just a thyroid problem. As you read my book, you'll see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let me give you an example. Um, if, for instance, you drink the tap water, there's a lot of fluoride in many of the communities in the United States. Right. It's commonly known that fluoride attaches to the thyroid cells and it kills the thyroid. So let's say for many years you're drinking the tap water and it's hurting your thyroid glands So and you're having thyroid symptoms. Maybe your hair is falling out or your hands and feet are cold or you're constipated or depressed. So you go to the doctor and they might say, oh, you know, your thyroid's weak. Look, the blood work's showing up. Let's put you on thyroid hormone. Just from that one example, and I have many other reasons why the thyroid might be weak, but just from that one example, you can see how short-sighted that treatment would be. Right. They're saying your hormones are low, here's the hormones. That's just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. The real issue is let's chelate this fluoride out of your body and support the thyroid so it can come back up again. Mm -hmm. See the difference? So in a similar way, I see a lot of people, they get flu shots every year religiously. And, you know, maybe some of the newer flu shots don't have mercury, but many of the old flu shots did have mercury. So many, many, many of my Hashimoto's patients are patients who got flu shots every year. And in the pulse, you can feel heavy metals. In my book, I'll talk about the four types of toxins. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them are these these pharmaceuticals, but the heavy metals in the pulse have a particular feel. So that mercury goes in from the flu shot, immediately destroys the friendly bacteria. It's a hot piercing chemical. It goes into the liver, heats it up, triggers autoimmune, and then it, it goes right through all the seven tissues, muscle, fat, nerve, bone, right into the bone marrow, and it disturbs the immune system there. So from so many flu shots and so much mercury being held in the liver, the bone marrow, the tissues, the thyroid gland can't work. And see, the thyroid gland is the only gland in the body that uses up all the iodine. So any iodine that comes into your body, the thyroid gets it to make its hormones. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that many of these heavy metals like mercury, fluoride, they, the thyroid sucks them up by mistake because it thinks it's the iodine because it looks similar in its chemical composition. Mm -hmm. So now you have this mercury hurting the thyroid, hurting the immune system. So again, you can see if someone has too much mercury from their flu shot, what good will it do to just give the thyroid hormone? And again, if you want to, if they have Hashimoto's now, you can treat the gut because again, you need to. The friendly gut bacteria got destroyed, but now you have to cool down the liver. You have to pull that mercury out. And you have to clean out the bone marrow. Mm-hmm. In my book, it not only talks about that Gaduchi Satwa that cleans the bone marrow, but there's a food that I mentioned mm-hmm. that they use in Ayurveda to also clean the bone marrow. So that's, that's how we're looking at it. But see, with the pulse diagnosis, you can zoom right in as to what the problem is and see it's slightly different. Not everyone I see with Hashimoto's has too much mercury, but they might have some other like that going on. Mm -hmm. But that's just one example of a truly holistic perspective on treating the thyroid. So you don't rely at all on temperature because you didn't. You could do it. The temperature is a symptom. It's one way you could do it. I don't need to Mm -hmm. because the split second I put my finger on someone's pulse, I could feel the thyroid gland. See, in the pulse, 
in the very beginning of my book, I show exactly what we could feel in the pulse. It's not like mm-hmm. the pulse that we take in America. Here, we learn the rate and the rhythm. How fast right, is right. the heart beating? Is the rhythm regular? Mm-hmm. In Ayurveda, where do you see that section on the pulse? You learn all, you can feel all the organs and glands, the four types of toxins, seven tissues, including the bone marrow. You, you can tell exactly what type of toxin is there and exactly where it went. Mm-hmm. Is it in the brain or, oh, is it in the bone marrow? Or is it lodged in the liver? Or is it coming through the skin and creating rashes? Mm-hmm. So it's very advanced way of diagnosing. Um, so I don't really need to use the temperature. It's just that that was what was recommended in Dr. Barnes' book mm-hmm. in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And up until, even until then, they still haven't come up with another way to try to diagnose the thyroid. But, but I can do it easily in the pulse. Well, I have trouble getting mine above 98.4. I mean, 90, yeah. 95.4. Right. You know, usually when I get up in the morning, it's about 95, sometimes 95.2. And so that means that your thyroid is being affected by something. Mm-hmm. So let's try to figure out what's torturing your thyroid. See, that's how I look mm-hmm. at it when I mm-hmm. take on a thyroid case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And also, what about gluten? Is there any relationship to gluten? Oh, you know, different people have written about this in the thyroid book, that gluten can also create autoimmune. I look at it from the opposite end of that. If mm-hmm. the, the protein and gluten and dairy, and I'll talk about this in my book too, mm-hmm. the protein and gluten and dairy are the most difficult proteins to digest. And unless your digestion's is 100%, you won't be able to, to digest them. So what happens is when your friendly bacteria is missing, that's part of the digestive system too not just part of the immune system, but also helps you break down your food and absorb it into the bloodstream. So now it won't be broken down well. When the liver's overheating, I have a big section on what happens when the liver's hot. Mm -hmm. But one thing is that instead of the liver, like everything you swallow has to go through the liver and it intelligently processes the food and sends it along on its way. Mm -hmm. But it's very hot and reactive from all these toxins in it. When the food comes in, it oxidizes the food. The way my teacher from India taught me this, he said it has a temper tantrum on the food. So when it oxidizes the food, it turns it into a poison. I'll have the Sanskrit name in the book. It's easy to understand. We call it amavisha in Ayurveda. The word visha in Sanskrit means poison. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to feel this poison in the liver uh, when you feel someone's pulse. And I feel all day, every day, and everyone's pulse. But mm-hmm. if the liver's overheated, it attacks the food, turns it into a poison, you're going to have a reaction. And you're thinking in my mind, oh, in your mind, I have this food allergy or this food sensitivity. Or, oh, every time I eat gluten and dairy, they bother me, and they must be causing this autoimmune. See? Mm-hmm. But the real truth is that your and gut and your bone marrow they're the problem. If you can fix those, this gluten sensitivity will go away. See, mm-hmm. like when I was young, we only had one or two immunizations, and we didn't have as much processed food and as many antibiotics that they give the children over and over for every ear infection. So as a result, our whole immune system, liver, gut, wasn't as compromised back then as it is today. See? So 
when I was growing up, you didn't hear so much of gluten sensitivities Mm-mm, and no. uh, tree nut allergies and all the allergies we're seeing in children. I'll talk about this in the book, too. But now with the, the overuse of this, these different pharmaceuticals, all the immunizations they're given, all the antibiotics, they're totally disrupting the immune system and the digestive system in and some adults. And so lots of people, lots of kids now are so allergic to foods, but we can't say that it's the food, that, oh, that gluten, that's so bad. And and many of the books I've read on the thyroid said that milk is such a poison, see? Mm-hmm. So, so in my book, I talk about the different types of milk, how to take milk correctly, according to Ayurveda. But if your liver is hot like this, you have to stay away from the milk until you fix it. Then you can go back to having it and you have to get the good milk and take it in the correct way. So Mm -hmm. I'll go into detail in all this. But to just so superficially say that gluten and dairy, they're poison, just ignore it and your thyroid will get better, it's not totally 100% correct. And in fact, it's pretty much incorrect. Mm -hmm. I suspect personally that some of the gluten is related to the genetically modified foods and the reason that I believe that. That's true, too. That's true. So when you do, when our patients do go mm-hmm. back to gluten, we have them avoid that, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of it could be from the Roundup that they're spraying on the mm-hmm. wheat. You know, mm-hmm. people are allergic to that and reacting to that chemical. So there's other things there too. But beneath it all, you have to address all these issues. Mm-hmm. You can't just say it's just the gluten. Yeah. Well, the reason I believe that is because I can eat things with wheat in Germany. But I, can't, yes. <laughs> but I can't in the United States. Yeah, uh, so many of my patients tell me that. Also Italy. They're <laughs> right, afraid right. when they go to Italy, they have these gluten sensitivities. And when they go, they can eat everything. And then when they come back here, they can't eat it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yep. Then uh, what is the Ayurveda view on a healthy diet? Well, that could take us another hour to talk about. But I do have a whole on diet. And in the chapter in the book, I go through each food group and and I show foods to favor and avoid in each food group. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's it's not what you would think. The ancient doctors didn't say you had to be vegetarian to be healthy. So I show what a proper vegetarian diet would look like, mm-hmm. and I show what a diet a meat eating diet would look like, <clears throat> and. So both could be healthy if you follow those guidelines that are in the book. Mm-hmm. But you don't. Sometimes people think that because it's from India that you're automatically going to have to be vegetarian, and it's not true. I'm vegan, and mm-hmm. I've found from interviewing a lot of different researchers and physicians and all that more and more they're discovering from research that the vegan is the more healthy diet. Uh-huh. Uh, for cardiology, Dr. Karsten, he was Clinton's doctor when Clinton had the heart issues. Mm-hmm. And he advocates a very strict vegan diet with, you can't even have avocados on his diet. And I had always thought that avocados were healthy for you, but he has a very strict diet that he advocates and says that if you follow his diet, you won't have any further health issues as far as your heart. And a lot of the cancer doctors use this. I've talked with other people recently that have found it useful 
for other can, uh, other diseases. Um, the doctor I interviewed on multiple sclerosis, she used the paleo diet, but that that had meat and all on it, so it wasn't really as a, a, a vegan. But most of them are finding the vegan diet is very helpful. Well, I will discuss that in the book. Again, talking about the diet could take a very long time. Um, but one thing I do mention, when you first swallow the food, it travels through a channel, the ancient doctors called it. The channel is the digestive system. It's the esophagus, stomach, intestines. And as the food's going through, it has to keep breaking down into smaller and smaller particles to come out of that channel and absorb into the bloodstream. And then once it's in the bloodstream, it travels through those channels, arteries, veins, vessels. And then it becomes things like urine, and it goes through those channels. And then sweat goes through those thousands of sweat pores, which are also channels. There's little ear canals that are little channels. There's channels that carry tears and so on and so on, lymphatic fluid. So the truth is that from the time you swallow the food, it travels through thousands of these little micro channels in the body. So with all these thousands of physical channels, three things could happen. They could shrink up or get clogged and inflamed. So in my book, I talk about the foods that shrink, clog, and inflame the channels. Again, this isn't information that we have here in the West, so it's very important to learn. It's also very easy to understand. But since you were talking about heart disease and the arteries clogging, one thing I can tell you is this, that there are some foods that contain cholesterol, like red meat and hard cheeses, which could clog the arteries, which, again, are one type of channel. But then, on the other hand, there are some other foods that have no cholesterol, because cholesterol comes from an animal. So these plant-based foods such as soy and nut Mm -hmm. butters, like peanut butter, almond butter, Mm -hmm. they don't contain cholesterol, but soy has something in it called hemagglutinin. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about this in the book because soy also depresses the thyroid glands. But anyway, this hemagglutinin actually means sticky blood. So there's something in soy that's unfermented like tofu, soy milk, that will clog your arteries, see? Mm-hmm. And there's no cholesterol in it. And the nut butters, look how hard they are to swallow. And your throat is a big channel, mm-hmm. let alone when it gets in the delicate little micro channels. So I had a patient who was um, also a vegan. In fact, I had three vegan patients. They hadn't had their whole lifetime any animal products, no butter, and they had no animal meats, nothing. And their cholesterol was so low, and they were so skinny. And all three of them dropped dead at a young age of a heart attack. Hmm. So the reason was they were eating lots of soy, lots of tofu, and one of them was eating peanut butter sandwiches every day. Oh. See? And they went out of their way not to have milk, not to have butter, mm-hmm. not to have meat. So, see, either way, you could clog your arteries, whether you're eating red meats, hard cheeses, or not. And then in Ayurveda, we have certain foods that contain cholesterol, which I'll mention in the book, that protect your arteries from any plaque building up. Mm-hmm. So to just say, you know, um, just avoid fat and then your arteries will be protected it also isn't 100%. It's just where we are right now with holistic medicine where we say, all right, let's see, if meat and cheese clog the arteries, heck, let's just avoid all animal protein. It's not something they say you have to do in Ayurveda, but they distinguish between what are called channel-clogging foods and those which aren't. Mm-hmm. So... 
So I will talk about that. Again, this is going to be beyond what we know here in the West, this book. I was very excited to write it. My teacher from India was one of the best Ayurvedic physicians in India sent to America to make formulas for the first um, Ayurvedic herbal company. And he sat with me for 20 years mm-hmm. teaching me these principles. He um, And it is up to me now to teach other doctors what he taught me because it was very um, wonderful knowledge, very great and divine knowledge that hasn't been written up in any books here in the West. They'll talk a lot about this in India. But the problem with many of the Ayurvedic books written so far in America is either they're very general, they're not talking too much yet about specific diseases. So I wanted to change that up, and I decided to start with the thyroid problems, although I want to write books on all the diseases. Mm -hmm. But thyroid is the most common thing I treat all day, every day in my practice. Mm -hmm. But So these principles, I think we have to learn here in the West because what we're doing, you know, we, we watch modern science change, and they'll say, you know, eggs are bad for you. Oh, no, 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 they're good. They have cholesterol. Right, right, right. Oh, no, no, they're bad. Oh, avocados are very good for you. Oh, no, no, they're bad. So we're seeing all these diets come and go, and, oh, let's do the macrobiotic diet. No, let's do a low FODMAP. No, why don't we do paleo or, you know. So it's because we don't have a deep-seated tradition of holistic medicine. So we're kind of floundering here. So a good idea is to look and see what they're doing in a country that has the most ancient form of traditional medicine and holistic medicine, and that's Ayurveda. The Chinese has a good have a good system too, but the Chinese took their tradition from the ancient Ayurvedic tradition. So it's always good to go back to the fountainhead and see what they had to say. So, and that's what this book's about. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a very interesting book. And, and again, I read all the books on thyroid from the holistic practitioners that are written so far. And I have to say my book goes way beyond what they're saying. So mm-hmm. all these questions you're asking me are are answered in my book because I know all the patients I'm seeing, and I've seen 90,000 patients through the years, they're all asking me the same questions. So when I wrote the book, I made sure I answered all those questions. Mm-hmm. One thing that I find that you have not mentioned, and it also is not mentioned by most of the functional, by the alternative, by people that say they're holistic, is no one mentions the spiritual and the mental activities, which I consider a very important part of a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people that cured cancer with just the spiritual, with their faith. One girl that I interviewed was written up in the medical journals and also in one of these national rags, like the Inquirer or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was recognized that she was healed of cancer, and the only thing she did was her faith. And the research now is beginning to show forgiveness, for example. People, 60% of the cancer patients have a problem with forgiveness. And Mm -hmm. it becomes a chronic anxiety, which leads to a depletion of the killer cells. The same Mm -hmm. at the opposite with optimism. People who are optimistic have a lower CA125 protein, which is one of the markers for ovarian cancer. 
So they're beginning to show the effect of some of the mental spiritual things on the body. And I had my yeah. own doctor tell me that after I was diagnosed with AFib, that I had some condition. I can't remember whether it was a structural condition or something in the heart. And she said that it had healed itself and that she had never seen this before or had never heard of it in the literature. And yet I've meditated for many years. And so the mm -hmm. only thing we could figure that had accounted for this was the meditation. So yeah. I like to bring out the the mental spiritual because I I truly yeah. think that this is so important in any staying well, healthy yeah, or it's healing. True. Ayurveda is the fountainhead of you know the mind body spirit connection. Mm -hmm. And in my book, I'll talk about this too. Uh, I just hadn't had an opportunity uh, tonight to talk too much, mm -hmm. but I have a very big section on this. See, what you're describing is a vibrational component. Mm -hmm. When you think right. a thought, or if you think a mantra, a mantra is a vibration. So in my book, I start out by talking about how how the universe actually manifests. It's all through vibration. Mm -hmm. I have the Sanskrit names and what they mean in English. So And how what we call prana, for instance. Prana mm -hmm. is formed. Right. And mm -hmm. the, the pranic energy is coming from the vibration from the sun and the moon, everything, everything in nature, all your cells are vibrating. And sometimes it can have a healthy vibration or an unhealthy. And it's true, your mind can change that vibration. So many things could change it. Mm -hmm. So, But if you can understand the mechanics of creation and how our bodies are created, to go from that vibration in nature, which we call prana, prana is the, the components of prana, uh, they call it soma, uh, which is a vibration from the moon, and Agni, which is a vibration from the sun, and Marut is the flow. It's the movement of those energies. When they come into the body, they become a little more physical, and they call them Vada, Pitta, and Kapha mm -hmm. in the body. Vada mm -hmm. is controlling the movement of things. Pitta is the controlling the element of fire, uh, like the digestive organs, and then Kapha uh, is controlling, like, um, this that soma energy, that cooling energy, it's like a lubricating energy, so it lubricates the joints. I will go into very great detail in the book about how the body forms, mm -hmm. and that if you really want to treat it, you have to go back to that vibrational level and see it's the vibration in the herbs that are also having a healing effect, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's the vibration of your, the thoughts in your mind that have a healing effect, or your emotions, because that's a vibration. Mm -hmm. So. What I'm saying in the book that something synthetically made, like B complex, there's no vib. It's a synthetic thing. Mm -hmm. See, it doesn't have that vibration, that pranic energy mm -hmm. uh, from the sun and the moon in it, because somebody made it in the lab. So it'll have an effect, but not quite like like mm -hmm. the herbs or the food or your thoughts. See? Mm -hmm. um, same thing with pharmaceuticals. That's why they have side effects. Mm -hmm. So that's how I opened my book talking about that mm -hmm. so that if people can understand this vibratory quality of our body and how it's really built on vibration, then they can understand how to heal everything. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're exactly right to say that. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, we don't have time, but I think when I taught cultural patterns 
in the United States, it was maybe the Indians that talk about hot and cold foods. I can't remember for sure which culture it was, but that was not an unfamiliar term to me because of this, the cultural courses that I've, or the cultural content yeah, I've yeah. taught. Uh, but mm-hmm. the last... Yeah, the Indians all come to me and will say, oh, I can't, you know, we have to mm-hmm. soak the nuts in water. They have so much heat in them. Or <laughs> like they understand this idea of heat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. coolness. We don't hear. Mm-hmm. They know all their herbs. They're hot or cold. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that. But when you read the book, you'll understand it better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, again, hard to understand. Mm-hmm. It's just someone has to tell it to you, and then you'll get it. Right. Now, the last thing I'd like to ask you about, Marianne, and that is I hear so much about detoxing which I never mm-hmm. heard about when I had cancer in 1974, except the doctor told me to fast uh, with just juices one day a month. But everyone talks about detoxing. And so is there a difference between cleansing with Ayurveda approaches from the actual cleansings that you see on the Internet? Yes, and I will go through all the cleanses you're going to see on the Internet I'm going to explain why they're not correct. Mm-hmm. See, in the ancient times, the to- toxins back then, mm-hmm. and, and again, I'm going to talk about the four types of toxins. The main toxin in the ancient times was a cold toxin. So in order to get rid of that in the body, you had to burn it out. Mm-hmm. So you would have things like um, ginger tea and black pepper and all kinds of remedies made using heat to burn out this very cold toxin. Mm-hmm. Uh, even now we have that maple syrup cayenne pepper cleanse. So they're burning out the hot toxins. The problem in modern times is the toxins are very hot. All these chemicals, just like I talk about the acid rain, these chemicals are hot. We're all walking around with a very hot liver, mm-hmm. very hot blood, um, and so and the immune system is being pushed into being hyper from that heat. Mm-hmm. So the trick to detoxing is to do it in a way that's cooling. Mm-hmm. So in there, I'm going to show you, there's recipes that you could make. I'm going to talk a lot about detox. Mm-hmm. But first, you have to understand what are those toxins? What are the four types? Which ones are cooling? Which are heating? And the best way to detox in this modern era. Mm-hmm. So again, this book is kind of like Ayurveda for modern times. But again, it's going beyond uh, what we know here in the West and the the type of cleansing they're doing here, the infrared saunas and all this, uh, it's all involving heat, which again would have been good in the ancient times and it's not good now. So I'm going to show lots of ways to cleanse uh, using more cooling techniques. Great. Now, Marianne, would you tell us then the title of your book and where uh, the listeners can reach it and locate it? It's called Healing the Thyroid with Ayurveda. And my name is Dr. Marianne Teitelbaum. It's actually being sold in most of the Barnes and Nobles across the country. And, of course, Amazon has it, and I think that's where most people are getting mm-hmm. it. In fact, Amazon has it on sale right now. I think normally the book will be 17 or $18, mm-hmm. but they have it around $12 in wow. some sense right now. So that's mm-hmm. really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, is there anything else you would like to say, Marianne, before we close? Um, yes. One other thing that I'm very proud about in this book, because again, I read all the thyroid books that are on the market, and again, they're getting there. They're just, mm-hmm. I just had to take it beyond and make sure I took beyond what they were saying. 
But one thing I noticed from treating so many thousands of thyroid patients through the years was there was always this connection when the thyroid's weak, the gallbladder's not working. So I did a lot of research to see why that is. And in my book, I'll show you what the research says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I have a whole chapter on the gallbladder, which I love. And people who read the book said they love the Hashimoto's chapter. They love the book. It's easy to understand. But they especially love this chapter on the gallbladder Mm -hmm. because it's so interesting when you see what happens when your gallbladder doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And and then what we need to do about it, uh, how to tell if the gallbladder is not working, I can feel it in a person's pulse, but I give you some telltale symptoms, but it's very interesting what will happen mm-hmm. and um, and then how to fix it. So I think that the readers will love that chapter as mm-hmm. well. Now, Marianne, I didn't think to ask you, but do you see clients and can people contact you from a distance or do they have to come to your office? Um, anyone who lives close to the Philadelphia area where I live, I would recommend they come Mm -hmm. so for the first visit i can see exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. um through feeling pulse if not if they wanted to do a phone consult i would have to ask certain leading questions like do you get flu shots a lot do you drink the tap water questions like that Mm -hmm. so then depending on what has happened in their life then i'll kind of see what's what's affecting their thyroid or or other areas of their body but yeah i do phone consults all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. But you like to see the person. If at all possible, because it's easier to, real mm-hmm. quick, I could tell immediately when I test them. Whereas on the phone, I have to play detective. It might take me 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. to try to figure out what's right. hurting the thyroid. Right. And Marianne, are your services covered by insurance? We don't accept insurance, but what we do is to give, we send the patient, or if they're in person here, we give them a receipt, which they can submit to their insurance company. And most of our patients get reimbursed Mm -hmm. for their visits, but most of them do not get reimbursed for the herbs that we sell. Oh, yeah. That that makes sense because... Yeah, yeah. that's how it always is. Right, (laughs) right. I know. (laughs) At least they get for the visits. See, I, with my functional doctor, I pay... Well, he's given me a big discount, but I'm still paying $1,000 every three months. And then the lab work is another $250 every three months. And then the supplements are a lot. So I'm paying out a lot that is not covered by insurance. When my teacher from India trained me, we were having such such success and uh, people heard about our work around the country. He asked me one day what I was charging. And he was in shock for a little while. I had to mm-hmm. kind of like, <laughs> because he said to me, you're not charging enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm charging $100 for the first visit, mm-hmm. 90 for the second, and 80 thereafter. And yeah. if someone has Medicare, it's even less. One thing I could say, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm also not doing this for new patients. I'm overwhelmed with patients here. Mm-hmm. We have people coming to us from all around the country. If anyone calls me today, they're going to have to wait two months mm-hmm. to come in. In fact, my patient, my receptionists are always asking me if we could stop accepting new patients because they can't handle any more influx of patients. The reason I wrote the book was I wanted to get out there once and for all mm-hmm. that we are not treating thyroid right. correctly right. in this country, even right. with all these wonderful holistic books. It's not correct information. It's mm-hmm. not steeped in a tradition that's ancient and time-tested. It's steeped in tradition it's not even a tradition it's a new discipline that's making lots of mistakes Mm 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, hundreds of years from now, we will be able to evaluate what those mistakes are. What I'm saying is, why don't we bypass all that and go right to the truth of it? So, um, so yeah, um, I'm not doing it for any monetary. And I know I could charge more immediately if I wanted to. Right. Because, right. like I said, we have people waiting in line to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I truly want people to get well. Uh, any holistic healer will tell you when they were younger, they were sick too. And that's how they got into this. Just like you have a story. Right. I have a story. Right. Right. And we, when we learn how to heal ourselves, we just want to share it with others. So, um, that's admirable. So I don't know if anyone whose prices are as low as mine. No, but I, I don't either. I was, thinking. I know every patient says to me, how are you even surviving? And sometimes I don't even bring home the paycheck, but I just feel that my teacher said to me, well, one thing you'll have is good karma. Because what you're doing is a great service to humanity. So that's how my father practiced in India. And so he would say to me, you have wonderful children. You have a wonderful husband. Mm -hmm. You have this beautiful life. And that's what your good karma is. You're not like raking people over the coals. And and, and I can't help it. I, I, I just can't do it. So. So people are so relieved when they come here that they don't have to mortgage their home, right. you know, just to right. get well. Right. Well, that's very admirable, Marianne. I will be in touch with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I thank you again, Marianne. This has been very helpful, and I know it will be to a lot of people. And oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you.